Life Spring number 187, Where is the Meaning? Life Spring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show. Well, how are you? It seems like it's been a long, long time, and in reality it has. I'll be telling you uh, some of the reasons why that is. It's getting to be a habit, isn't it? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be telling you some of the reasons why that is as we go along here today. Well, it is so good to see you. I'm Steve Webb. I'm your host, and this is LifeSpring. I'm so glad you're here. What's life spring? Well, you know, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Jesus is about answering, no, life springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What will you find here? Well, you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe. You know, you'd think that I'd have that down pat, wouldn't you? I've said it, uh, well, over a hundred times <laughs> on this show, but that's all right. This is live, or as near as live as it's going to get on a podcast Man, I've got some great news today. I've got so many things going on around here that, uh, man, that's really part of the reason why things are late. The primary reason is, well, we had a, a real scare around here a couple of weeks ago that lasted, uh, well, more than two weeks, and it had to do with the health of the lovely Lady Leanne, my beautiful wife. Without going into all the details, just let it be known that we were concerned that she might have cancer. And I've lost some very special people in my life to that dreaded disease. And i got to tell you, it, it really kind of took over our thought process. Not that we had any lack of faith because I believe that God can and does heal people. But I've also seen that God does not necessarily do that. And that's not a lack of faith to say that. I mean, I have implicit faith in our God. I have no doubt that all it takes is His Word or a touch of the hem of His garment and he can heal. But you know, the Apostle Paul said that he had something wrong with him physically. He calls it a thorn in the flesh, and he asked several times that God would take it away. And God did not see fit to do that. So, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, if you happen to be the kind of person that says, all you have to do is believe and it'll be gone. I don't believe that. And it's not a lack of faith. No one has, well, 
<laughs> I don't want to sound proud here, but I'm telling you, I have a whole truck full of faith. So anyway, that that really kind of uh, took front and center for two and a half, three weeks around here. Had lots of people praying. And uh, thankfully, it turned out that what Leanne had was not cancer. And we are thankful and we are rejoicing. And uh, it is yet another instance of God touching my wife's body and bringing healing and bringing health. I've talked to you about that before in the past, and I won't belabor it now, but we are praising God and thanking him for his goodness and for the fact that, uh, at least for the time being, my lovely wife and I will grow old together. (laughs) Some of us are doing that faster than others. Uh, Well, we're doing it all at the same pace, I guess, but some of us are further along the road than others. And uh, (laughs) I see pictures of myself and I say, who is that old man? However, I've got some friends that have recently signed up over at classmates.com. And this is not a a commercial for those guys over there, classmates, because I've got some problems with the way they run that thing. But I got an email from uh, some folks that were from my high school graduating class, and surprisingly, there's some of them left. And they said, Steve, we'd like to get in touch with you. And I look at pictures of people, and I'm going, oh, man, do I look that bad? And the lovely Lady Leanne says, oh, no, you don't look that bad. You look the same as when you graduated. And I know that's not true. But anyway, we've had fun with that. Let's see some of the news. Let's get to the news after I talk to you real quickly about uh, CovenantEyes.com, you know, they are one of our sponsors, and we are so thankful that they are. I am so glad to be uh, associated with a company like this. You know, a lot of people have a hard time staying away from those places on the Internet that they know in their heart of hearts that they don't want to go to. It's called temptation, and one of the biggest temptations on the Internet, of course, is pornography. And one of the things that causes the temptation to be so great is thinking that we'll be able to keep it a secret. Well, a lot of times you can. But knowing that that is a weakness, some people have decided to uh, employ the services of CovenantEyes.com. And the, the reason that helps is because with Covenant Eyes, you sign up an accountability partner. You ask this person that you know and who knows you and uh, hopefully loves you, whether it's a wife or a friend or a a husband, and um, say, look, I want to be accountable to you where I go on the Internet. And so with CovenantEyes.com, wherever you go on the Internet, a report is emailed to your accountability partner. And with most people, just knowing that, it's enough to have just that extra uh, strength to not go there. So CovenantEyes.com is is fantastic. Go over there, check them out at CovenantEyes.com. And when you sign up, I want you to use the promo code LIFESPRING because when you do that, you'll get 30 days free so you can try out the service and see how it's working for you. So that's CovenantEyes.com, and please support those guys because they help to support us. We have not heard from my good friend Jimmy Bratcher in a long time, so, so let's listen to this new one from Jimmy called One Rock. There's no denying what I see Standing right there in front of me I've been walking around it It ain't no use I am convinced that mountain's gonna move 
blinded by truth Move that mountain, it's one rock at a time. I've been talking to it. Get up and move. And I feel just like, oh, I'm missing the groove. But I got a promise, oh, and I believe a mustard seed is all that I need. It's one rock at a time Every valley shall be So today I wanted to talk about Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 2, and I don't normally just go through scripture like this, but it's so, I think, um, pertinent to what is happening today in the world, especially in relation to our savings. Uh, Those of us that have lost a, a lot of our 401k and the things that we've been relying on for our retirement, those of us who have lost our homes or lost a great deal of value in our homes. I'm the person that's in that place. Uh, Being an entrepreneur, I've uh, pretty much all the cash that I've had, I've usually put back into the business and into the family and things like that. And I haven't uh, set aside any money in a 401k or something like that. I've always told people that uh, my retirement is in my home and in my business. Well, guess what? Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> here in Southern California, and especially Riverside County, we are one of the hardest hit counties in the country in terms of home value. And in terms of business, who would have thought that the auto industry would completely collapse? Of course, my business is related to the auto industry, so uh, their fate is my fate. <laughs> Except no one's bailing me out. <laughs> so the other day, my attention was brought to the book of Ecclesiastes. And I thought, golly, how how appropriate is this for a time like this? And so... What I want to do is just read through Ecclesiastes 1 and 2, and uh, you listen and see how it relates to you, and every once in a while, I will stop and talk about it. Of course, the book of Ecclesiastes is credited to Solomon, and Solomon was the son of David, and David, of course, was, uh, you know, the great king of Israel. David is the one who got Goliath with his sling and uh, was also the adulterer who took Bathsheba, and he was a murderer because he had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed. Actually, um, Uriah was a, uh, a soldier, and David made his generals put him at the front lines so that he would be killed. The reason he did this, of course, was because he wanted Bathsheba. So that was David, and then he had a son named Solomon, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon is known as the wisest man who ever lived, and also the richest man. The reason that he was so wise and so rich is at the very beginning of his rule, he asked God not for great uh, a great kingdom, not for riches, not for power. He asked God for wisdom, that he might rule God's people justly. God said, you have asked well, <laughs> grasshopper, and because you have asked for that, I will give you wisdom and I will add all the other things to you. So Solomon lived a life that was uh, somewhat surprising. We look at the way we think a godly man should be, and a great part of Solomon's life, according to the book of Ecclesiastes here, he did not live a godly life. So to begin, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. So you see there that Solomon is calling himself the teacher. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. In the King James, it says everything is vanity. (laughs) Great way to start, isn't it? (laughs) Really uplifting. Everything is meaningless. Let's continue. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. (laughs) Don't you love that? No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. Isn't that the truth? No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. Golly, think about it. Uh, today, In today's world, in relation to what Solomon had in his, we have got TV, we have got the Internet, we have got movies, we have got billboards. Oh, man. I mean, we are bombarded with visual uh, stimuli everywhere we look. 
And it's nothing the way it was that when Solomon was around. Every generation, uh, at least in the last hundred years, has seen uh, just a tremendous increase in visual stimuli. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. And then he says, no matter how much we hear, we are not content. And of course, the same thing can be said for that. He continues, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. You've heard that before. There's nothing new under the sun. That's where that phrase comes from. Solomon says, sometimes people say, here is something new. (laughs) Think about the infomercial you saw last night. New. (laughs) Here is something new. But actually, it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past. And in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. And uh, boy, with the education system the way it is today, at least in the United States, that is so true. The history classes that our kids are taking, oh, they are sorely lacking. And uh, the, the American people especially have a short memory. Continuing, I, the teacher, was king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. Well, that's a good thing to do, right? Devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. Yeah, give him a star for that. What did that get him? (laughs) He says, I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. Oh, what a downer. (laughs) Hang on, though. Don't tune out. It does get better. He says, I observed everything going on under the sun, and really, it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. You ever try to chase the wind? (laughs) You can't see it. How do you chase it? You can't uh, corral it. You can't do anything. Sometimes you can put up a a windbreak, but uh, man, you can't chase it. You can't catch it. What is wrong, Solomon says, cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. (laughs) You know, I'm laughing because this... Oh, it seems so true, doesn't it? I said to myself, Look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. You know, I think to a certain extent that's true, too, because the more we know, the more we are accountable. Isn't that true? Our children, when they're little babies, they don't know anything, and they are not accountable for anything. But the more they know, the more we hold them accountable for until they're an adult, and then it's all on them. They are supposedly prepared for the world, and then everything comes crashing in. (laughs) Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the, quote, good things, unquote, in life. Let's look for the good things in life. And isn't that what this country has been doing for the last couple of decades, at least, at least, Really, that's what most people do and and have done for generations. We look for the good things in life. We look for the things that are going to make us feel good. We look for the things that are going to make us happy. What did Solomon find? (laughs) 
but I found that this too was meaningless. And again, isn't that the case? Let's say you have a beater car and you say, man, if only I could have a new car, a car that won't give me, a car that I can rely on, a car that, uh, you know, doesn't break down every two weeks, a car that looks nice, a car that doesn't have a dent in the fender, a car that has nice upholstery. And let's say you get that car and then what happens? (laughs) <laughs> you've got a beautiful new car. You park it in the mar- at the supermarket. And somebody comes along with their shopping cart, lets go of it, and bam, you get a dent in the side of the car. Oh, no, my brand new car. Well, you didn't have to worry about that with a beater, did you? <laughs> Everything that you get really, in a way, owns you. So true. So I found that this, too, was meaningless. So I said, he continues, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine, and while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. Yes, (laughs) that's sometimes what an abundance of wine can do, isn't it? In this way, I tried to experience only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. There you go. Here here we come to the real estate market. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So he had it all, didn't he? He had the wealth, he had the land, he had women, he had wine, he had song, he had people to take care of him. What more could a man want? How could anything go wrong? He continues, So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. How many people can say that? Anything I wanted, I would take. You know, so many times we uh, hear that the lotto has gotten up to X number of millions of dollars, and you say, oh, man, if I could just have that, my problems would be over. I would pay off my debts. I would pay off my parents' debt. I would, you know, tithe to the church, (laughs) right? You've probably said that yourself. I've said it, okay? (laughs) Let's see what I got him. Anything I wanted I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. Well, that's that's commendable. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. So Solomon was empty. There was no meaning in it. Yes, he got the things that he thought he wanted, but it was meaningless. It gave him no peace. It gave him no satisfaction. It gave him no security. So I decided, Solomon says, to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. 
for who can do this better than I, the king? I thought, wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. (laughs) Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all together now, so meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. Now, we have to step back here a little bit and say, this was written when Solomon was feeling at a real low, obviously, because here we are thousands of years later and we remember Solomon. And there are many fools that have come along since Solomon whom have faded into the mists of history. So to a certain extent, I think Solomon got it wrong there. And by the way, Solomon (laughs) has a lot wrong in the book of Ecclesiastes, but that's okay. It comes out okay in the end. He continues, So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless. Together now, like chasing the wind. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. Hmm, that sounds familiar too. This too is meaningless. A great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures, here comes the payoff. Wait for it wait for it, are from the hand of God. This is where it gets better, my friend. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from Him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please Him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please Him. This, too, is meaningless, like chasing the wind. We're going to stop there. My friend, the only thing that matters, the only thing that is eternal, the only thing that we can do that will leave a meaningful legacy is to serve God, to build the kingdom, to trust in Him, understanding that it is He, yes, who gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. If you are one that has put your trust in your retirement account, you've seen what happens to that. The Dow Jones, as of this recording, is down to levels not seen in the last 11 or 12 years. Our government has spent more money since Obama has been inaugurated than all the spending that took place from the founding of this country until his inauguration. In 226 years of history, the United States did not spend as much as Obama has spent since taking office, a mere, what, six weeks ago, something like that. Where's that money come from? If you're a taxpayer in the United States of America, it's coming from your pocket and your children's pocket and your grandchildren's pocket. And the spending's not through yet. 
Even with the best intentions of saving money, beyond your control, your government is spending your money. So that's at least a double hit. Some of you put your trust in your savings, and others put your trust in politicians. Listen, I'm not just beating up here on Obama. Some of you had put your trust in George Bush. Some of you put your trust in Republicans. Some of you put your trust in Democrats. Neither the Republicans nor the Democrats have clean hands when it comes to taking care, quote-unquote, of the people. My basic philosophy is if if it's a politician and his lips are moving, he's not telling the truth. We can't put our trust in the political system around us. And guess what? If none of this matters to you, if you don't care about politics, if you don't care about saving money, if you if you think that you can just put your head in the sand and just have a good time because uh, it, it's all so discouraging, guess what? That's not going to help you either. All of these things are going to overtake you, ready or not. And even if you consider yourself to be wise, even if you consider yourself to be educated, <laughs> some of the smartest people, supposedly, on the planet are baffled by what's going on in the world around us. They can't agree on what it's going to take to get us out of this malaise or tailspin, however you want to look at it. So wisdom's not going to do it. Politics is not going to do it. Your savings is not going to do it. Nothing, none of these earthly structures can give you meaning or can give you uh, security, can give you fulfillment. Honestly, the only thing, and this is not just Steve talking here, this is uh, the wisest man that's ever lived. The only thing that brings meaning is a relationship with God. So let's look at how Solomon concluded his book. At the very end, it says, Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Now, remember that he said this prior to the coming of Jesus, and so that's the best that they could do. Fear God and obey his commands, for God will judge us for everything we do. Now, for those of us that believe in Jesus, we understand, we know, we have that, we have forgiveness for everything that we've done, because there, the, the balance of good and evil in a person's life is hopelessly tipped to the evil, because it says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We can't balance it out so that we're as good as evil because God can uh, tolerate no evil in his presence. So the only thing that is going to save us is the forgiveness that we can have through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. When we stand in front of God on that final day and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? There's really only one answer that we can give, and that is because I put my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. That's it. Beyond that, everything is hopeless. Everything is meaningless. So I want to encourage you, my friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you have gotten to the end of your rope, if everything that you have put your trust in has turned to dust, it's been taken away from you, if you are left with nothing, listen, there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. Am I saying that you'll get your 401k back if you follow Jesus? Am I saying that your house payments will be caught up if you follow Jesus? No, I'm not saying that at all. I can't make that promise. The Bible says that in this life you will have tribulations, you will have troubles, you will have trials. But the encouraging thing about that is we're told that if we are in him, God uses these things to bring character into our life. God uses these things to conform us more to the kind of person that he wants us to be. What does that do for us? Well, when we are the kind of person that he wants us to be, he can use us. 
as he uses us, it brings meaning into our life. Those are the things that we do that can have everlasting, eternal benefits. But I'm not just talking pie in the sky either. I'm not talking about how things will will be better once we pass on. The peace that you can have in your heart right now, even in the midst of everything falling apart, that peace is worth something. Doesn't that sound better than trusting in things that can just evaporate? God said, I don't change. God said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I have to tell you that with everything falling apart around us, um, I have had a peace that just can't be taken away. And I'd like you to have it as well. If you'd like to know more about how to follow Jesus, how to make him a part of your life, drop me a line at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Big Stuff with Keep Singing. And now continuing our 10 guidelines from God. Number 10 was love yourself. Number 9 was be kind. Number 8 was be patient. Number 7 was share. And now, have faith. God says, I see many things from up here that you cannot see from where you are. Have faith in me that I know what I'm doing. 
trust me, you would not want the view from my eyes. I will continue to care for you, watch over you, and meet your needs. You have only to trust me. Although I have a much bigger task than you do, it seems as if you have so much trouble just doing your simple part. How hard can trust be? Have faith. Okay, some of the news that's going on around here. Well, there's a show that you're going to want to be looking for. Actually, I've got news on two different shows. One is the fact that Adrena Thorpe, our good friend Adrena Thorpe, is just about to release a brand new CD. And when she does, we're going to have her on the show and do something similar to what Brian Duncan and I did when he released his brand new CD this last summer. It'll be somewhat of a uh, director's commentary like you uh, have on the, uh, what is it, additional features on DVDs. You can uh, you know watch the movie and listen to what the directors are saying. Well, Adrena and I are going to do that with her brand new CD. So be watching for that. I can't wait to hear some brand new music from Adrena. And number two, speaking of Brian Duncan, Brian and I are going to be doing a podcast together. Not just a single episode, but a brand new show. Brian has been doing something called Radio Rehab for quite a long time. And it's an online radio show, and it has to do with recovery. Well, Brian and I are going to be doing something that is based on the Radio Rehab show. It'll be starting very soon. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've already discussed some things. Brian emailed me some music today. And this is going to be something really fun. As soon as it's out, I promise you will know. The show is going to be available at LifeSpring Media in addition to his, well, right now, super secret website, but uh, which I'm doing for him. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you would do me a favor when it comes out, email a notice to all your friends and let's get a lot of listeners to the new Brian Duncan Steve Webb show, which I'm not even going to tell you the title of it because the title of it is the URL. And then let's see something else that I've been doing that's taken quite a bit of my time to try and uh, you know help support the family is I have jumped in with both feet into the business of voiceovers. I think I may have mentioned that on the last LifeSpring, but if not, I have signed up over at Voices.com. I'm going to be taking some lessons from some big names in Hollywood. (laughs) They're surprisingly affordable, and everybody says that if you're going to be a success in the voiceovers business, you you really do need some training. So I'm, I'm sure you'll all say, yes, Steve, you do need training because it's pretty difficult to listen to you sometimes. So <laughs> we're doing that. 
I have been working on the translation of the Bible for the uh, LifeSpring Audio Bible. I have not given up on that. For those of you that have prepaid, don't worry, it is on the way. I've told you that I'll do it, and I am doing it. It's just a very slow process. Also on the website for the LifeSpring Audio Bible, uh, man, I really need some help with this. I really do. I've uh, got a a membership software that I've downloaded and, and paid for, but it's it's difficult to get it figured out in addition to everything else I'm trying to do. But it's getting there. I just only have so many hours in the day. And in order to you know do the business and to be a dad and a husband and a podcaster and a voiceover guy, it just takes time. And so I'm spreading myself very thin, but uh, I'm committed to you. I have not forgotten you, and it is going to happen. It's something that God has laid on my heart, and I really want to make it happen. So it will. So there we go. Uh, Let's see. One other thing. I would like to ask you to pray for my middle son, Stephen's girlfriend. She's got some health problems herself and went in for some tests just yesterday. Her doctor, her general practitioner, has told her that she may have MS, multiple sclerosis. And if that's true, um, well, we, we don't know if that's true or not. She went in for testing yesterday. So I just would ask you to pray for Stephen's girlfriend. I won't tell your name because uh, I haven't got the clearance to do so. But uh, there's that. <laughs> One more thing before we close out, I'd like to talk to you about Carbonite. You know, your hard drive is going to fail. It's really not a matter of if, it's more like a matter of when. If you're on your computer very much at all, uh, it's a mechanical thing. Uh, you, You need to have some sort of a backup. You need to have a reliable backup, and they say the very best way to backup is off-site. You don't want to keep your backup in your home because if there's a fire, your backup most likely is going to go with everything else that you've got. So... What I do is I have been a customer of Carbonite for over two years now. And with Carbonite, it's less than $50 a year, and you get unlimited storage, and all of your pictures and financial things and music and everything that's that's irreplaceable is safe. And it's encrypted, and nobody can get it except for you. So go to backup.lifespringmedia.com and click on the Carbonite link right there. And if you do, you'll get 15 days free. I like giving you free stuff. And so I think that sort of gets us caught up for now. I will try to get another show out to you sooner than I did this last time. So by way of closing, I want to just tell you that as things get difficult, remember that life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Ephesians 5.15 encourages us to be very careful about how you live, making the most of your time. Each and every one of us is going through tough times right now, but God is getting ready to bless you in a way that only He can. Just keep the faith. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I ask you to bless my friends, relatives, and the people that are listening right now, those that I care deeply for, who are listening to this right now. Show them a new revelation of your love and power. Holy Spirit, I ask you to minister to their spirit at this very moment. Where there is pain, give them your peace and mercy. Where there is self-doubt, release a renewed confidence through your grace. Where there is need, I ask you to fulfill their needs. Bless their homes, their families, their finances, their goings and their comings. In Jesus' precious name I pray this. Amen. Thank you so much for being with me today. 
Hey, send me an email, steve at lifespringmedia.com, or even better, call the toll-free comment line at 877-433-9091. So until next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. LifeSpring Media, bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com.